You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. So we've, we've talked, and we talk ad nauseum, right, about how tough it's been the last 20 months or so, whatever it is, right? It's been tough. Well, you know what they say about crisis? They say crisis reveals character. You ever heard that? Crisis reveals character. It reveals things, you know, things that you've tried to keep hidden or things, you know, where we wear our mask and all that. Crisis just kind of rips that stuff away, all right? But there's something else that has happened with COVID. COVID's just a little bit different. So bring, bring me that first slide there. Not only do life's problems expose our present condition, they also accelerate the direction we are choosing for our lives. Meaning this, whatever direction you're headed in your life, when crisis happens, you speed that up. You start going that direction. And it's, some things, it's like, it's like you can't even notice that I'm headed in this direction, but a crisis happens, and you just kind of fly off the hill that way. And you didn't even realize you were headed that direction. I mean, we're seeing that a lot. I mean, I, I think one of the greatest examples is church attendance. We're seeing that so much. Think about it this way. Here's what COVID has done for us. It's not only exposed our weaknesses and our strengths, it's also accelerated the direction that we're headed in. People who were beginning to slip away from God over the last 20 months have slipped further away from God at a faster rate. And people who were digging for God and going after him and chasing after him over the last 20 months, they've been chasing after him in an even deeper way. Now, I know that's not true maybe for every single person, but as a whole, on average, that's what's happened. And let me show you some examples from the Bible real quick, if you can, okay? Consider Joseph. Joseph had some promises, okay? And, and Joseph's life, I mean, Joseph's life just ripped away all, all the, I, I mean, one of, the, one of the things that Joseph needed his crises to, uh, to, to expose was I believe he had some pride. I mean, if you go back and read that story again, talking about Joseph, coat of many colors, Joseph, Old Testament, you know, that he had some pride. I mean, he enjoyed telling his brothers about the promise that God had given to him, this dream that he had. And it had to be, it had to be exposed, that pride. And God took him as low as he needed to go to expose that pride, but it also exposed the strength that was there. Because, and, and, and I think the reason, just like Paul that we've kind of been preaching about the last two weeks, and this really is kind of a, a third part of, of following that up, but just like Paul, because he had promised, he could stick through no matter what was being thrown at him in the same way Joseph could. Because he had promised, no matter what I'm going through today, there's a promise over here. And I could push through this. Or, or Daniel. Daniel had all these promises and, and, uh, knowing, and, and one that, that God had spoken when uh, the temple was first completed in Jerusalem. Knowing that promise, it calls Daniel that when he was, he was uh, you know, threatened with the lion's den, you know what he did? If he pr- you pray one more time, Daniel, and you're going to the lion's den. You know what he did? He opened the window to face toward Jerusalem according to that promise. And he got down on his knees and he prayed again. Why? Because of problem. Why, why would someone do that? Crises exposes who you really are, and it accelerates the, 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 accelerates the direction that you're already going in, or, or Judas and Simon Peter. Now, think about these two guys, Judas and Simon Peter. Y'all know who they are, right? Who were they? Disciples of Jesus. Both of them. Judas wasn't a disciple of somebody different than Simon Peter was. They were disciples of the same person. 
They walked around with him. They watched him work miracles. They saw him raise the dead back to life. They saw him heal people. They saw him feed 5,000 people with one boy's lunch. They saw all this happen. But when crisis hit, what happens? Judas goes this way, and Simon Peter goes this way. Simon Peter wasn't perfect. He actually messed up when the big crisis happened the night before Jesus' crucifixion. But you know, but you know what happened the next morning, don't you? Is we find Judas committing suicide and ending it all. We find Simon Peter crying. I like how the, the King James says that he wept bitterly, crying bitter tears because of how he had failed Jesus. How could these two men I mean, don't we look around us, uh, around us and we see people maybe raised in the same family, raised in the same church, sitting on the same pews, singing the same songs, and we say, how does this one go this way and this one go this way? It's because those two guys right there, they had their hearts set on different things. And crises expose those things that are inside of us and accelerate the, the speed at which we go after those things. And so it should be, I, I mean, if, if you found yourself digging for more of God in the last 20 months, you know, if you're not careful, you get a little proud about things, but you need to say, thank God. But if you found yourself slipping away, understand this didn't happen with COVID. COVID was not the cause. COVID is the exposer and the accelerator of what's already going on in your heart and life. So step up right now, understand, recognize, and say, today, something has to change. And you know what needs to change for most of us? We need to hear from God. And we don't need to just hear from God in this 30 minutes that pastor's yelling at us or talking to us or whatever. We need to hear from God every day of our life. We need promise. Let me talk to you for a few moments about the power of promise, okay? The power of promise. And scripture from Luke chapter 2, verse 25. This is right after Jesus was born, okay? At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now think about this. He has a promise from God. You are not going to die until you meet Jesus face to face. You're going to see, and he saw him as a baby, you know, this story's being told right now, setting it up because he's about to see Jesus, the little baby infant, he's about to see him. Imagine having that promise. What would you do with that promise? You know, I would probably be risking all kinds of life and limb knowing that I cannot die right now, you know? Y'all seen those, uh, y'all seen those glider suits that the guys wear and they jump off mountains, you know, and they, I, I have always, as a kid dreaming in the middle of the night, I would dream I could fly and I would wake up and just be so disappointed that I was still, you know, bound to this earth. You know, and, and, and if, if, if I had that kind of promise that I could jump off a mountain, you know, and I could fly like that and just, I mean, that would be, you know, I, I don't want to do, don't take me hang gliding, I don't want to jump out of an airplane, but I would love to fly like that. I mean, I would just love to, but here's the problem. Now, Scripture also tells us don't tempt. Don't test God. Don't tempt him, okay? Because here's the other problem is God didn't promise him that he wouldn't be in a wheelchair if you did something stupid. He didn't promise him you might lose, you might lose a limb or two if you do something. I mean, you know, you might, I'm flying off a mountain, you know, and I catch a limb on a pine tree or something. God didn't promise that. And so, you know, we, 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 you know, we can't just say, I've got this promise so I can just do whatever I want to and I'm still going to have that. No, there, there are some conditions on that. 
There always are the conditions. But look at the power of this promise. He knew, he, I'm going to breathe one more day because I've not yet seen the Messiah. I'm going to be here. When you have promise, there, there is, next slide says, there is nothing more powerful. You will never own anything in this world as powerful as a promise from God. Now, if you've been here for a little while, you know, I, I say I do not like to speak in absolutes and those superlatives that there is nothing any more powerful that there's nothing you can own in this world nothing that is more powerful i don't like to say this is the number one and you know unless i really just got something hanging on what are you hanging that on pastor i'm hanging it on scripture let me give you a couple okay i know a lot of people say one's enough but a lot of people like to matthew 24 35 jesus says heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away Paul wrote, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ Jesus. There is nothing you can own in this world, nothing that is as powerful as a promise from God. Because that promise from God will be fulfilled no matter what else happens in your life. All the stuff that you own, the bank account that you have, all that, it's going to pass away one day, Matthew 24, 30. And you know that, right? I mean, our money, our, our, our economic systems, our financial institutions, all those things, they're not going to last for centuries and centuries. They're not going to last. But the Word of God will. And if He makes you a promise, there's nothing more powerful. So, so I want you, as your pastor, I want you to hear from God. I want you to hear from God right now, today. I want you to hear from him every day this week. I want you to hear from God. I want you to, and I want you to, you know, there's all kinds of promises in the Bible already, but I want you to also hear your personal promise. But let me also talk to you real quickly about the power of corporate promise, okay? You know what a corporate, pro a corporate promise is like, is, is a, a father of a, of a family. If he gets a promise, guess what? The whole family's got the promise. I mean, if it's a promise to the father, it's a promise to the family. So, so you know, Think about that. In your rebellious years, n nobody here was ever rebellious growing up, right? You know, none of you, right? But in your rebellious years, think about what you're rebelling from. If you've got a godly father, a godly mother that is following after God, every promise they have, as, as you are underneath that, you're underneath that promise. As you are underneath them, as you are, as you are accepting that, you are underneath that promise, and you have that promise. Let me give you some examples right here. Like Noah. No, God made Noah a promise. He said, he said, I'm about to destroy the earth, but I'm going to make a way out for you and your family. So his sons, they had this promise also because they were underneath it. And because of this promise that was over the family, they were part of that. So they had that promise as well. Abraham had a promise. God said to him, uh, just a couple of things that he said to him is, I'm going to make you a, a great nation that you can't even number. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed because of your descendants. And that promise was repeated to Isaac, and it was repeated to Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. And it began to truly be fulfilled in the life of Joseph. I mean, we see this. And, and, and all, of the, all of the family that has come from Abraham has this promise in their life that they're going to do that. And Sarah was Abraham's wife. Here's the interesting thing. Sarah and Abraham were really, really old when God said, you're going to be a great nation. And then God showed up one day, sent... He sent some visitors to talk to Abraham, and, and I said, where's, where's Sarah, your, your wife? And, well, she's in the tent back here, and said, well, I'm coming back a year from now, and your wife, Sarah, who's already really old, she's going to be 
giving birth about this time next year. And she laughed. She laughed. That's, that's, that's where the name comes from. She laughed because <laughs> me, an old lady, have been wanting a child all this time, and now you're going to give me a baby. And it happened. And this promise of a child, without this promise, there was no family. Without this promise, there were no descendants. Without this promise, you, you know, how we, we, we look at it, and I think most, a lot of Christians look at it and understand how the world has been blessed by having God's chosen people, the Jews, you know, having them as a part of this world. None of that would have happened if God had not fulfilled that promise of Sarah. And, and Caleb, uh, Caleb, when the Israelites were, were set free from Egypt and they, they find they're on their way to the promised land and, and uh, when they get to the promised land, and I, I don't have time to tell you all this story, but, but on their way to the promised land, there had to be a lot of doubt. There had to be a lot of question. There was a lot of fear. A lot of them wanted to turn back and go back to Egypt, to slavery, because they were fearful of going forward. But God told Caleb that the, the, when, when he went in and just to spy and to see what was going on, God said, this land that you're walking on right now, this mountain that you're standing on right now, I'm going to give it to you. And, and, and we find at 85 years old, he comes to Joshua and he says, God has kept me alive and I'm still willing and ready and able to, to go in and take my mountain for God. And, and you know, he didn't come by himself. When you, when you read that scripture, and listen, all these scriptures are in the uh, sermon notes uh, on the Connect page. There's a link there. Uh, just go and you find it. All these scriptures are these awesome stories. Well, when Caleb comes and he says, now give me my mountain, he didn't come alone. He had people from his tribe because his family, his tribe was the one that was getting this, this promise, getting this victory, getting this fulfillment of what God had promised 45 years before. And so it's almost like he's got a promise and, and all these people were kind of try, trying to stay close to him because he's got a promise, the power of corporate promise. And here's the last one is Elisha because I think this one uh, kind of follows that one up real good. Elisha asked Elijah, see he was a protege of Elijah. Elijah was doing all these great miracles and Elisha said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Now that sounds a little, a little full of yourself. You know, you say, I, I want to be twice the man you are, right? <laughs> but you know what Elijah told him? Made him a promise. He said, if you see me when I leave this earth, you will have what you asked for. So you know what? You know what Elisha did? Elijah didn't go anywhere without him. Elijah said, hey, wait here. I'm going to go over here. No, no, I'm going with you. Because my promise is tied in to being with you. Until I see you leave this earth, my promise is tied in. And he stuck himself right up under because there was a corporate promise that was there. If I do this and if I keep myself here, I know that I'm going to. And so he, he, he said, I've got to stay next to this guy. Just like the people said, I've got to stay next to Caleb. Just like the descendants of Abraham said, I, I'm a son of Abraham. I've got great promise. Just like the sons of Noah knew that they would be protected because they also had a promise. That's the power of corporate promise, but you know, there's another one. You know, those are all in the Bible. Let me give you one more, Church 2911. There's a corporate promise, a corporate promise for us as a church. You know, there, there have been a lot of things preached in, in uh, you know, these 12 years. There have been a lot of things said, a lot of things shared since 2911 became a church. But, you know, there's, there's something that I would say the, the majority of you in this room don't know from our early, early days, and I want to share it with you right now because, you know, I, I said again last week, you need to find that place that you belong, that you, can, that you can say, this is the vision I have 
and I'm part of this. And you need to get right down in the middle. And if this isn't it, go find it, okay? I can't imagine this not being it. I can't imagine this not being it. You know, because the, let, me, let me just share a few stories if I can with you. We've shared with you about awesome things happening in the coffee shop. And just a couple of weeks ago, David was sharing with me a story. And I asked Lexi some of the details to get a few more details. And, and I'm going to try to say this as quick as I can. But, but a lady kept coming in, and she was coming in to get, get, a, get coffee for herself. She was on her way to visit her husband who had COVID. COVID had, had so uh, overtaken his body that he couldn't walk and he couldn't speak. And so she would she'd get her coffee and she would ask for prayer of the ladies that work in our coffee shop. And she kept coming, she kept coming. And eventually one day, you know what happened? She showed up and she got two coffees because her husband was in the car outside with her. And, so she, and she still asked for prayer. And then she kept coming and getting two coffees. And then one day, he started coming in as well because now he's well from that. So I say, praise God for that. You know, and that's the kind of, and, and you know what they did? Yes, we can give God a hand of praise for that. And, and one of those days that she came in and he came in, she brought a list of people that she wanted them to pray for, the ladies in our coffee shop. And some of this has been passed on to our prayer, prayer team so that they could be praying as well. Why, why did she want that? Because she realized there's something special going on in this place. Okay, hang on to that, all right? Because also, I, you, you may have heard, if, if you were here and you heard Lexi talk about it, but we've got, we got, we got small groups that are meeting here that aren't even connected to 2911. Lexi was sharing with me about one this week, and she said, you know, it's starting to grow, and it, it was kind of just a grassroots thing. It just kind of happened. And uh, now some ladies are, are, are just, they're just meeting here. And I and, uh, said other ladies that were coming just to get coffee, they're kind of meeting and they're kind of, and it's just kind of growing. Um, Deva was, was helping that we had an event. Man, this, this place is really popular in town now. I just say for rentals. I mean, we have rentals every week. People want to rent our building because one of the things we want to do is we want to bless the community. We want, want to cover our costs, but we want to make it where people can actually use, use the place, right? And uh, so David was here, and she was just checking on things, making sure, you know, everything was kind of set up for the next, you know, next service or whatever was going on next. And uh, the lady came to and, and just said, and she said, thank you. She said, thank you for having a place for us to be able to. We could not afford anything else in town. Thank you for having a place for us. And there's even a, um, uh, and Kristen told me not to call it a co-op. Um, there's a, there's, but it's, a, it's an association of, uh, of parents not, not quite a full co-op yet, but it's growing. Uh, seems like it's, it was growing from the things I'd heard up till a few weeks ago, and I hadn't heard anything recently. It was growing where parents of, of homeschool children are bringing their kids together, and, and classes are being taught here, and, uh, and kids are being able to connect here, and, and all those kind of So all this is happening. And so that's why I say, I don't understand why anybody wouldn't want to be a part of this. You know? But let me tell you that thing that you don't know. There, there's probably, there might be 20 people in this room that know what I'm about to tell you from my early days at 2911. And if you, I, if you knew this before I say it, I, tell me after service, say, I, I, I remember that. I'd like to know who, who remembers this. One of the first things we did as a church was we raised money to dig a well at the orphanage in Broshton, Romania. Um, we, we've sponsored, we've supported them, we've, we've uh, sponsored um, uh, Reagan Bryant who went over for a year we sponsored her as she served there and all this and we we raised the money to to dig this well and this well wasn't 
just for the kids at the orphanage because what they did is they, they also opened it because the city water there is, is so bad. Everyone has to go to a spring to get drinking water. And so they opened this well up to the whole city. But you understand that, right? Is 2911 dug a well for the whole city of Washington. And three different people, you know, not, not three connected people, three different people at three different times came to me and said, I sense the Holy Spirit telling me that because you were a well for people you will never meet, I'm going to make you a well for this area right here around you. And those stories I just told you, it's happening. It's happening right here, 2911, right now, in this coffee shop and in these small groups that aren't even our small groups and in a, in a, in a homeschool co-op and in the rentals and, and all of those kinds of opportunities. It's happening right now. And that's just what we've got going on right now. We've got big plans for 2022. We've got big plans because we believe God wants to do any more, even more than that. And, and what you need to understand is when you kind of, you come, that's what the promise is. And when you come up under that and say, I, I'm, I'm part of 2911, that you're part of that promise and you're part of seeing this happen. But like we talked last week, not just because you're sitting on a chair, but because you're part of the promise. And so you need to dig in. You need to find, you need to start hearing from God yourself and say, how is it that I am a part of that promise? You need to hear from God what your, your personal promise is that fits underneath all this. How in the world do you hear from God? I, I'm, I'll tell you this. I've never heard God speak audibly, okay? I said that last week or the week before. I don't remember when it was. But one of those two weeks I said that. I've never heard God speak audibly. And it's probably good because it probably scared me to death, you know. And then, you know, when I woke up, then I probably could hear it again maybe. But that would be a scary thing to hear an audible voice, you know. Sometimes I hear phantom sounds anyway, right? But I've never heard that. But I have heard God speak. I have had God speak to me where I knew God was telling me something. And it didn't have to come from another voice either that I know God. So how is that? Pastor, I just don't know. Does that sound weird to anybody? You don't have to say amen. You don't have to raise your hand. I'd say it probably does sound weird if you've never heard the voice of God in your heart. But if you're a Christian, it's already started. In that moment that he said, I died for your sins, and you felt that. And he said, I want to forgive you of your sins, and I want you to be a part of me. When you heard that in your heart, that's when it started. But the sad fact is, I believe the vast majority of American Christians, at least, that was the last time they heard God speak. They didn't keep going after his voice. Is that a possibility? Absolutely. I want to talk real quickly. I'm going to give, throw some things at you. This is not a checklist for you to go, but it's just, it's just for you to kind of, you just kind of check yourself. But here's the, the possibility of promise. You are supposed to hear God's voice. You're supposed to know his will and at times even receive promises. You are supposed to hear his voice. 
He wants you to hear him. I mean, that's the first thing you've got to embrace. Okay, so, so here, here's a few steps. And, and not, not steps like, we gotta, I got, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But for you to just consider here for a moment. And the first one is expect. Start believing God wants to speak to you. Okay, that's, that's the first thing. You are supposed to hear his voice. You're supposed to. So start believing that. And I gave you these, these two awesome steps last week as we talked about praying. Make prayer. See prayer as a dialogue not a monologue. You're not just talking to him. See prayer as a two-way thing. This is communication, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to wait, and I'm going to hear you. And re- when you read the Bible, don't read the Bible just as instruction, but read the Bible as I believe God wants to speak something to me. Like I said last week, and I know some of you, quite a few of you weren't here last week, but read the Bible just until something clicks and says, wait a minute, God's speaking right here. i got to stop. Don't read another word. Don't read another verse. Stop right there. Expect, start expecting God to speak to you. Next one, Kristen. Make time. Uh, like we talked last week, our modern lifestyle does not allow time for us to spend with God. So we have to make time. And what COVID has done, what crises do in our life, is it, is it causes us to make time for the stuff that's important to us. And if we didn't make more time for God, then it should be a, an alarm going off in our head. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been making time for everything else, but I'm not making time for God. Third, learn his voice. John chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus said, My sheep, he's talking about his followers, listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. He's not saying that as a follower of Christ, you have the ability to hear him. He said you do. If you follow, if you follow Christ, you hear him. I mean, you listen to him. That's, that's what he says. They don't, they don't just have the ability to do it. They listen to me. Because, you know, really, you can't really follow somebody you're not listening to, can you? You can't follow. You can't be a disciple of someone that you're not listening to. So if you're a follower of Christ, you're listening to him. You're listening to him. Um, and and how, how, do, how do I learn his voice? You know, what, what's, let me tell you this. His voice doesn't sound anything like what you hear on Oh man, I started to call some news outlets out. If I call them out, I don't call out the one you hate, and you'll you'll be mad at me. But his voice don't sound like anything you hear on your favorite news outlet. His voice doesn't sound like anything you hear most of the time on social media. His voice is totally different. It is pure. It is powerful. And it is peaceful. Let me tell you, when God, when God digs into me about something I've done wrong or something I need to change about me. I walk away with a peace. Even when he chastises me, there is peace in his word. It, his word, his voice is pure, it is powerful, and it is peaceful. And the best way for you to start understanding and recognizing his voice is to read more of the word. Because the more you read it, you say, okay, this is how he talks. And then when I hear something, I say, nope, that ain't God. That ain't God. So that, that leads good right here, confirmation. Second Corinthians 13 and 1 is, is a great a great explanation of that that God wants you to understand there won't be something just way over here off the wall out here that he speaks most of the time when God speaks to me I don't know if I can say most of the time but a lot of times God speaks to me he when he speaks to me it's something that I've already been feeling kind of led in his spirit and then boom he just nails it but here's the big here's the big kicker right here God is not schizophrenic he will not tell you something that is that does not agree with the word that he has already spoken that you and I have that we call the Bible. 
If he said something to the Bible, he will not disagree with that in your heart. If there's something, if you feel something in your heart that disagrees with the Bible, that's not God's voice. Okay, that, that's, that's the big kicker right there. But you need to learn his voice. And I think the last one is chase Jesus. Don't focus on problems. Don't focus on yourself. Don't focus on other people. Don't even focus on getting a promise. If you want to receive the promises of God, if you want to hear him give you a promise, don't focus on a promise. Focus on him. Because when you focus on a promise, you're going to start focusing on why I need the promise, because I'm going through this, or because this person is, dealing, is treating me like this, and you're going to be focused on that stuff. Don't focus on that. Focus on Jesus. And in the middle of the voices, that you, in the middle of the voice that you begin hearing as he begins talking to you, you're going to hear. Sometimes you're going to hear a promise. And some of you, I know you, you, you desperately need a promise today. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at Church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.